Welcome to another episode of the Triangle Offense with the Super Basketball Bros. My name is Shrey and I'm here with the regulars, Dan and Cage. What's going on? What up guys? Uh, that, was, that was Cage with the, you know, delayed reaction. But we're going <laughs> to get stuff kicked off by talking about the All-Star game. Pretty much just giving a quick recaps of our picks and the festivities in Toronto. It was a huge hit. Uh, a lot of the Canadians loved it, as well as the Americans coming in, as Dan mentioned. We're also going to be talking about the trade deadline. What were the big moves? What were the moves that we agreed or disagreed with? So we're going to be talking a lot about that. So stay tuned. So let's get started with the All-Star festivities. What did you guys like about the All-Star game? The dome competition, best contest Ever. I'm sorry guys in America, but honestly you guys got to have your NBA All-Star games above the border more often. One of the best All-Star weekends ever. Yeah, dunk contest was just awesome. Three-point contest is always cool. I think, I think all of Saturday night's events were really cool. Yeah, you know what? So even the celebrity game uh, was pretty good this year. Uh, Kevin Hart there getting uh, pretty jiggy with it, coming out of retirement in the fourth <laughs> quarter, trying to save the West, but couldn't unfortunately. Great uh, three-day weekend, nonetheless. Not, not a huge fan of the celebrity game, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fun for the fans. It's yeah, fun, yeah. Uh, yeah, Kevin Hart usually coming out is uh, all jokes. But uh, let's jump into our picks from last week. So we, if, you, if you don't know, we all made picks for the three-point competition yep. and the slam dunk. Mm -hmm. And we pretty much made a small wager around five bucks each. So Pays let's recap teams? our picks. I had... For the three-point competition, Kyle Lowry and J.J. Redick. Yeah. Dan had... I don't even know who I had, but I know I got the winner, Clay Thompson. I think the other guy was like James Harden or I something. Harden, yeah, yeah, Harden. I, I, I had Steph Curry and Booker. Both of them were in the top three. Top three, yeah. Booker so, actually took yeah, down J.J. Redick. You had and, uh, the best odds going to the final round, yeah. man. I don't know what happened there, but you know, Clay showed him why he's the best shooter in the NBA. <laughs> oh, I'm just playing. I don't know. I, heard, I don't know if you heard the post game after that, but he was talking about how he felt like he was one of the best shooters in the NBA currently and that Curry gives him a run for his money in practice every time. I thought that was pretty funny. I didn't, I don't know, Klay Thompson is pretty good, but he considered himself as probably the best in the league. He's really good and before the event he said uh, in an interview with Curry beside him that his dad said he's not allowed home until, yeah, until unless he, he beats yeah. uh, Curry in the three-point contest. So and he won <laughs> and so I guess he's allowed home. I guess he had that going for him. That's why he wanted to win so bad. Yeah, Dan's got the bragging rates on this one. That's right. Cha-ching, $5. Your, $5. Pay your debts, guys. Pay your debts. But yeah, um, Clay Thompson obviously showing that he's the superior Splash Brother. Uh, you know what? A lot of people reported that Curry was going to let him win. Hmm. I don't know if that's true. In the, in the pregame uh, commentary, it seemed like Curry was going to take a back seat. Uh, to me, I didn't see Curry being as hyped as, as he usually is for a competition like yeah, this. Yeah, like uh, I found his post-conference uh, pretty different. Uh, he looked like he was going to, he didn't really seem too interested at the end of it all. He said that he's going to take a break from the contest going forward and uh, he's going to let somebody else have an opportunity in the contest. So, yeah, I, I can kind of see, you know, him taking a back seat for sure. But, uh, you know, I would, I would have loved to see him hit, like, break a record or something, hit, like, 30 points or something in that one round. I think he was disappointed. That's why he was just blah. He was just disappointed he lost. I don't know if he takes a backseat. He's too competitive of a player to take a backseat. But, no, I like, think. I compare yeah. his last year's competition to this year's. Yeah. And it, there was a big difference. He looked really hyped last year. Yeah. Mm. And you saw that. This year, it, it was almost like he was taking a backseat. In the first round, he almost got eliminated. 
Nervous. He was nervous. I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, maybe he doesn't like our our rims a little bit better. Maybe the Golden State rims are a little bit better than his, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That was kind of shocking to see him struggle in all rounds, but he still man managed to go through, which is, you know, still yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah, pretty impressive. Well, at least Splash Brothers made it to the finals again, second year in a row. Kyle Lowry struggled. Oh. Yeah, he did. He did. But or, you know what? When you have shooters like Kyle Lowry and Jay, uh, James Harden, those are rhythm shooters. So once they get into that rhythm, they start hitting their shots. It's a lot tougher when you're just standing there taking shots. Yeah. It's much tougher than it looks, especially for the games that, you know, James Harden and Lowry play. So All right. I, I expected them to struggle a little bit. <laughs> All right, Dan, take your five bucks. Yeah, here we go. Thank you, sir. Yeah, lucky guy. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to move on to the dunk competition. That was probably one of the most talked about events throughout the All-Star break. So we had Aaron Gordon. Uh, we had Will Barton. Will the Thrill Barton, yeah. mind you. We had uh, Andre Drummond, who was, I don't, I don't even understand why he was in this slam dunk competition. He pretty, uh, you know, I'm not even going to get into it, but, uh, and then we had the fourth guy. Who's the fourth guy? Zach Levine, <laughs> Zach champion, the champion, two years in a row. I'm not, you know what, I put an asterisk on that second one. Yeah, I'm gonna I know. I put a but... huge asterisk on that second but, uh, one. But official stats don't lie. He got to take home the trophy at the end of the day. But let me get back to uh, Dr Drummond. What a... What a disappointment that was. Uh, I think a lot of the guys who, who, who in the committee who tried to get him into the competition were thinking Dwight Howard type of stuff. Like How, Dwight, Howard dunks, maybe, even. Yeah. But even Howard's dunks were boring. Why? Well, I like Why that one that? off the, ga the glass, the tip off, and then boom, and then the yeah. Superman. He he's, somehow threw it down. He's a seven-footer. He knocked the ball off the glass and dunked it with his other hand. Uh, oh, yeah, Lord. but like Drummond. Oh, my God. He showed, he showed no creativity at all. That's and the, I don't know. The Steve Nash one was really boring. Like, come on, yeah, Drummond. Yeah. You're a seven-footer, buddy. You got, you got to have something else in the bag, That's right? more Steve Nash than it is him, right? But, like, you know. No, but as soon as Steve Nash came out, you knew what was going to happen. Well, if you're going to do gonna that be... little flick off the ball thing, I know that's pretty hard as it is, but you got to get to his height to the point that he has to jump for it. That's hard. That that if you can get it that high, then that's you know that's impressive on him. You know what, NBA, if you're listening, please don't put any other seven footers in the slam dunk competition. Please mm. don't do it. Well, uh, sorry, Andre Drummond had less than forty points in his first two dunks. Yeah, yeah, I, I think Andre Drummond's just not a show dunker. Um, I think you can still have big men, and you gotta you gotta realize uh, Aaron Gordon is considered a big man. He's he's like a power forward, small forward, and he's what six. Eight, six, nine? Six, yeah, eight, six, nine. he's very yeah. agile and uh, he's very athletic. And as we can see, he's got some hops. Taking a seat, Seriously like thoughts. eight feet in the air, midair, and then dunking. Like, oh, well, that was amazing. That, sh that should have been game over. Yeah, I, I can't believe. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. That to me is, uh, this is why I think a lot of the players don't come to a slam dunk competition. Because you have so much uncertainty. You could have the most ridiculous dunk like Aaron Gordon did. He jumped over the mascot. Pretty yeah. much, he, I'm pretty sure he could have jumped over that Kia car that Blake Griffin jumped over. Oh, easily. Easily. Yeah. He could have done that and slammed it. Yeah. To yeah. think that didn't get him the win. Like, I understand Zach Levine's ridiculous. I'm not saying he's not a great dunker. People are comparing him to Carter, which I think is a little over the top. I don't know about Through that. Through the legs from the free throw yeah. line, though. But you know what? It's not. But you know what? He stepped on the line. It wasn't even behind the line. Oh Still my pretty God. impressive. But you know what? If, if if that's what people looked at in the past, I've seen people take points away because they have not stepped 
behind the free throw well, line. Well, he didn't indicate. But for some reason, yeah. Zach Levine gets all the love in the world. I don't know about It's because that. when they did it, they probably put a little ticky mark on the ground or something. But, yeah, and you know what? The criteria for 50s in the NBA dunk competition it's getting too easy was now. too easy. And you know what? I don't really have an argument with that because in the past, it's been, you know, very competitive. Yeah. But these guys... They deserve to bring that up to a 60 if they even needed to. And well, no, see, I don't mind it in the four, when the four players dunked off. You give them, you know, you give a 50 dunk, you, you, sorry, you give a dunk a 50 if it deserves that 50. You give it to them no matter what. Yeah. I thought in the first round, I think the judges were very um, strict, uh, like stringent. Like they gave Will the throw a 44. His dunk was actually pretty good. Yeah, it was. I yeah, thought, it, I thought it, it was probably going to be around the 50 if not the 50. Um, they also gave, I think, Aaron Gordon a, a 47 or something or a 45 on his first dunk as well. They were all pretty good dunks. And yeah. then you go to that second round. And at the second round, you got to make it about Zach Levine versus Aaron Gordon. You can't just be willy-nilly throwing out 50s just because these are dunks you've never seen or, you know, or the degree of difficulty is hard. Aaron Gordon's dunks were just ridiculous. Those are like 80s. I would give those 80s. Yeah, I, I think Aaron Gordon's dunks were better, but... Zach Levine, Zach Levine's dunks are still 50s. A windmill from a free throw yeah. line on first okay, but attempt. Here, here, degree yeah. of difficulty, whose was harder? Well, yeah, but you don't take that into consideration you you when take, you judge. Yeah. No, no, you have to. What do you mean? You have to take that into consideration. What if what if Zach Levine was the first one to dunk? Would you give that a 50? Uh, the Levine's dunk? I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you would. You have to. They were, they were some pretty impressive you dunks. You have to yeah, give them a 50. Were, and they were well, all no, on the first See, try. the first dunk, since it was a duplicate to Aaron Gordon, I was like, fine, that's a 50. It's literally the same dunk. Without Similar. the mascot, yeah, it's the same, same yeah. dunk. Sure. So you'll give that a 50. If you give Aaron Gordon a 50, you give Zach Levine a 50. But when it comes to the final two, you, you have to make it based on Zach Levine versus Aaron Gordon. It can't be about, oh, is this dunk, is, is this dunk worth 50 points? It should be Zach Levine versus Aaron Gordon, whose dunk was better. Especially that last round. Yeah, but you can't trick yeah. over points. It, you yeah. know, like I said, it's, it's I, all I feel on like the... They, they just started, it was like, here, you get a 50, you get a 50, hey, you get a 50. It, unfortunately, yeah, they some deserve more than others. Yeah. But I, I'm sure if they come in with Tombo did a dunk just coming out of retirement, they'd give him a 50 for no, no reason. Come on, come yeah. on. Those are some good dunks, but... I don't think I'm disagreeing with Shrey in my life this much. That was honestly the best show-off of a dunk competition. Obviously, Eric Gordon got... A little jip, but it wasn't obviously jip. Like he, but it's everyone see, knew that at he the was... end of the day, it turns into a fan vote, and that's what I don't like, and that's what I that's why I think NBA players don't want to be a part of this. You have the best dunkers in the world, literally shy away from the dunk competition because they're scared that pretend if uh, Aaron Gordon upended LeBron, that it would be frontline news. Oh, Aaron Gordon beat the, how, the how, king. How is it a fan vote though? It it's is not. a fan vote. The final, they, they do a fan vote. No, not anymore. Not this they year. They did this year as well. This year it was just based on the scoring. No, but they also did a fan vote. They had a fans vote they, as to who the they, they, Are you talking about to enter the contest? No, I, I'm pretty sure that oh, the final, part, part of the final vote, there's a fan part to it. No, they no, used to do no, that. No, not this year. No, not this year. It was, all, it was a 47 yeah, score and a 50. They got rid of that because of what yeah. you said. Yeah, they got rid of the fan vote. Well, yeah, I, this year. I, all this shit on Shredo. Who are you watching, Ben? Who are you watching? I must be back. I must be back in the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They got clearly right, Shredo wasn't watching. Shredo's watching. Shredo was just upset. Gone. But hey, hey, was Aaron Gordon's last dunk a fifty? Yes or no? Mm, 
Mm. All of his dunks were 50. And all of the last one where he back, cocked it back forward in the back. The, yeah. Yeah, I think that was. All, that was I think you all know what it was? I think what came into his score was the fact that he tried to jump, push it off the shot clock three times beforehand. It wasn't the first attempt. All those dunks prior to were first attempts. And that's what made it even but better. But Shaq gave him a 10. Yeah, but Shaq was trying to give, make it no, up. No, but he Shaq, probably gave him that later. Shaq was like, the only one you. on that judges panel who had a criteria. And I respected Shaq. Yeah. Everyone in Toronto was booing him. Yeah. But I respected that. If you get a second, if you do a second attempt, you lose a point. There should be a criteria. And I feel like the dunk competition just moves further and further away from that. There's really no criteria. I mean, it's fun in like, 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 like you guys are saying, like you guys are saying, you guys aren't even thinking about the degree of difficulty. So what are you basing your Yeah, it wasn't like Olympic, this is not a gymnastics Olympics oh, hey, actually, or anything. Hey, I'll, I'll ask the bros, I'll ask the bros. <laughs> what, when you look at the dunk, what are you looking for when you're giving points? What would you look for? I think degree of difficulty is one of the first You literally things. just said to me you were that that shouldn't matter. What, when did I say that? I literally just asked you that literally two minutes ago. You can, we can go back on this podcast yeah. and listen to it. I, I think that's, that's the whole dunk contest. Yeah, it's really difficult. Well, that's what I was saying. If you disagreed were, with but me. But they were all difficult dunks. Oh. I'll tell you, here's the other thing. The final four dunks in the first four dunks no, no, in the final contest were better than any other dunk prior to in that competition. Those four dunks starting in the final round were better than any dunk in that competition and ever? probably even last year's competition too. Yeah. Are you saying ever though? No, ever? no, no. I'm saying in the end this, this no, not ever. Two. No, just, just in that game, in that day. So people were getting 50s prior to. Because those guys got 50s, these guys definitely get 50s. The degree of difficulty was still high. Yeah. It's just that the NBA needs to change their criteria. They shouldn't, 50 shouldn't be easily given out. They should be like 35, is a solid, you know, that's still a pretty good dunk, but not really. And they shouldn't be afraid well, no, to give... They gave, I think, a 34... They gave some guys sixes. A non-dunk. Yeah, they gave some guys sixes. Like, come on. Give him a yeah. one. But Who that's because I don't think he made the dunk. Yeah, I think that's was, what I mean. It, yeah. it, should, it, be it, should, it should be zero. It should be zero. Yeah, he didn't even get... That's what I mean. Like, it's too easy. Yeah. I think they're just afraid of, you know, making this competition worse than last year's and then they just want to make it a little bit more hype every year i, but I feel like they try to make it too much for yeah. the fans just to get everyone hyped that they forget it's almost a, it's, it's also a competition i know there's prize money given away i, I think there was a car given away in on, in previous years i don't I even know but yeah i know um definitely got to change the criteria um especially after this one yeah but then again how often are we gonna get to see a showdown like that yeah. it was rare uh, it would be sick to have these two go yeah, at it again it was, next year. It was fun to watch. Yeah, it I'll was fun to much. watch. Uh, I, wow, when I saw Aaron Gordon's dunks, I was like out of my seat and I was yeah, watching yeah. it from home. It was yeah. <laughs> one of the like best experiences, especially from a dunk competition in a while. We yeah. haven't seen And that. I think if Aaron Gordon's not in that dunk contest, you're still getting out of your seat for Zach Levine's dunks. I think you're, you're overshadowing Levine's dunks because hey, of you know what? Gordon's dunks. Levine's dunks were great. Yeah. Did, I, did I think he deserved it over Aaron Gordon? No. And is that why I think a lot of players don't come out? Because they get overshadowed by silly things when it comes to, like, fans or the there panel. There were no fans, though. Or the panel. Or the panel. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's, it's, it's for the fans, right? Yeah. So they're going to, I guess, if they wanted Zach Levine to have that championship again or win it for the second time, they'll give yeah. it to him. I think it also gives, you know what, and that's one thing I like respect about the dunk competition. It gives these players who don't get a lot of publicity in, in the exactly. NBA it gives them an opportunity that's what to I'm get saying, big. Yeah. yeah. Like, how often do we get, like, a top-caliber player coming into the dunk competition? Like, I know they have an option, but at the same time, these dunkers that come in, I don't think 
LeBron James could beat the dunks that these guys no. are doing. They're, these guys were doing some pretty good dunks. I don't know. I think wow. I think you're just literally shitting on LeBron. No, 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 no. no. These I, dunks. I, I, are no, don't underestimate LeBron, man. LeBron cannot do Aaron Gordon dunks. Yeah, no way. Uh, no. Oh yeah, yeah, that dunk. Wow. I don't know if anyone can. Yeah. So he would lose. Yeah, he would lose. Yeah. I don't know about that. I don't think you, he could jump. You guys just said, "What if LeBron oh came God. up with something else?" How can you just say LeBron would lose to Aaron Gordon because of that one uh, dunk no. when Zach Levine he beat him? He would lose to Zach. How can too. you? Say that. He would lose his I don't know about that. How can you say that? You have not seen have, have, you, have you seen LeBron in a slap dunk competition? Yes, in high school. That was probably the best best he would be. But you're so you're basing your judgment right now on what he did in high school. No, I'm based on what no, I'm No, no, that's what you just said. No, right I didn't now. say this, man. I'm based <laughs> Why are you getting me on, I'm getting pissed off now? Yeah, man. yo, you gotta I'm basing LeBron's dunk ability on the last five years of how he's been declining on his his elevation. I, I don't think yeah. he can dunk anywhere near <laughs> oh, Levine oh or anywhere near Gordon. So yeah. you've been monitoring his elevation for the last five years? No, I just watch his highlights. You can see he doesn't have that same lift as he did when he came in, uh, came into the league. Just right. like these guys well, are gonna, new to the league. I'm going to say that's a bit of a stretch. I think LeBron, if he wanted to, I really wish he would and just man up and do it. I know freaking he was offered a million dollars one year to do it. Just do it, LeBron, and shut these guys up. These guys are <laughs> shitting on you. If you're hearing me right now, oh, get it in no, that slam dunk. I don't think he's. Up I for think that. you guys. I think you guys just completely lost all our fan base by saying no. that. No, completely. No. That's. I think the fans agree. LeBron yeah. cannot be in Zach Levine in the dunk. Yeah, those, that honestly. Best wow. I would, I would, pay, I would pay to see. I don't know how much money I would pay to see that a LeBron versus Zach Levine dunk off. That I think nice. a lot of people That'd would nice. pay, but they'd all they'd put all in Eric Gordon there too, man. Yeah. I think Eric wow. Ubi plays number third in that right. one, right? We got a lot of LeBron haters. <laughs> all right, we're gonna move on from the LeBron hate. Yeah. You know, we talked about All Star Weekend. It was great. Toronto did a really good job. Um, a lot of people are saying it's one of the best All Star games ever. What do you guys think? Yeah, well, um, overall, I, you know, I've mentioned it before today, and I think that they've had uh, literally the best All-Star weekend in the NBA history. Uh, I think they also did it better than any other North American sport as well, just to throw that out there. I think a lot of, you know, other leagues in the North America industry of sports can learn from what the NBA has done. Really great overall, a lot of celebrities, a lot of involvement with the fans. Fans had an opportunity to meet all these players as well, different places in Toronto. You know, overall, give him a 10 out of 10 for, you know. Yeah, there you go. There's, there's my 10 out of 10 yeah, right there for it. Dan, just give a great page. You have a great for them? I'll, I'll, you give him a 10 out of 10. I would give him a 10 on Saturday, but on the, on the All-Star game itself, it was pretty pathetic. No one played defense anywhere. But do you really game. expect anyone to play defense? At least defense. the last five minutes of the game. Yeah, some you know what? I got, that's not on the, yeah, that, that's but kind of no bad. No one plays defense. This was the highest scoring game yeah. Yeah. in all of All-Star But no one really cares. But you see that Curry half shot though at the end there, yeah. right? That just simplified how... I think I wasted my time watching that game. That was... <laughs> that and the rookie-sophomore game wasn't that great either. Just, just there was more defense in that game than the All-Star game, but overall I think Saturday night was great and... Uh, that made the whole weekend. Yep. Okay. I have to agree there. Well, you got the bro's take on it. A few, were, few of us were disappointed with some of the festivities. Uh, overall, Toronto did a really good job. It was really cold. I think minus oh, 30 at a point. Don't remind the Americans. So, That's all they talked wow. about. Wow. I think this is, yeah. The Canadians were actually freezing. <laughs> <laughs> who, who knows what the Americans were thinking? They're probably uh, like, oh no. my god, these Canadians living in their igloos. <laughs> exactly. I but know. we're going to move on to the trade deadline, which was literally four days after the All-Star mm. festivities ended. Kind of weird why those two would be uh, so close to one another. But 
a lot happened. Yeah. Now, a lot of moves were made. Uh, the Raptors were supposedly interested in a few players. Uh, I'll name a few. Todd Gibson was on their radar or was offered to them at some point, uh, as well as Thaddeus Young and Marquise Morris. Those are the three main guys they really had their hands hands on during this uh, mm-hmm. the deadline. What moves did you guys like? What moves didn't you like? You know, we'll start off with the moves you guys did like. So give me give me one move you like. Well, here I'll tell you one. Like I like the trade between uh, Detroit and the Pistons. Ah. Sorry, Pistons and Magic. Um, I liked how I think it kind of benefited both teams there. Tobias Harris, and then you got Ben Brent Jennings and Ilya Silva going to the Magic. Um, you know, this is gonna definitely open up a lot of room for the uh, Orlando Magic in the offseason. They're going to have the ability to sign some big-time players that they need to. Got a little bit of cap room there. But, uh, you know, going forward for the Pistons, I think they've got an opportunity to make the playoffs here and maybe hit the second round, depending on how they place. Uh, well, I disagree with you on some points. I'll, I'll say that was a complete steal for Detroit. I, I don't know what Orlando's thinking, but making that deal, they pretty much traded a 23-year-old. Yeah, Tobias here is 23 years old. Mind you, and he's been there starting, uh, I think, small small forward, power forward uh, during the season. They just signed him to an extension. I believe that was a three- or four-year extension. I, I understand they're going to trade him for assets, but I would think you would want a first-rounder out of it. They didn't get a first-rounder. They got an aging yeah. uh, aging player in Ilya Sova. Ilya Sova yeah. would probably be and the guy to And you got uh, an expiring contract, but someone yeah. who just came off major Achilles injury in Brandon Jennings. That, to me... It's, it's a complete loss. Not not to not get a draft pick out of that was well, a complete loss to me. Yeah, that's that's the trade I like too. I, I, I don't really want to pick on the other trades. That's that's my favorite trade. Tobias Harris. It's pretty much you got a player who's been pre-developed for you at the age of twenty three. He's got all the playing time, he's learned to play through mistakes, and now he's ready to shine and you get him for, like you said, aging players who uh well for Ilyasova for sure out of their prime. Yeah. Uh to me, yeah. I don't. I don't see how that's gonna help Orlando long term. Yeah, they should have got a draft pick out of that. Um, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't look too much of a smart move on their behalf. But I don't know if Harris was happy in Orlando. That could have been a reason for the trade as well. Uh, apparently, rumor says that Scott Skiles, who and he's Scott Skiles, uh, who coached both uh, Jennings and Ilyasova in Milwaukee. So these are players yeah. he's very familiar with. Mm. And mind you, when Scott Skiles got to Milwaukee, Tobias Harris was traded yeah. within that same season to the Orlando Magic. That's a good point. So it's, you, you kind of see the stars align there when uh, it's kind of Scott Skiles' team. I don't know if he's going to be head coach there for a while, but it looks like he's there for the long haul. If they're making deals solely based on the coach. Uh, head scratcher from Orlando's part. Great deal for Detroit. They're... They're starting, I would say their core players are all under 26 years old. Think about that. Reggie Jackson, Drummond, you have Tobias Harris, Stanley Johnson, uh, Monty Yunus, who they acquired from Houston. Another great deal, which we're going to go into in more detail. So you have five, six players right there under the age of 26. All can contribute to your team and the core moving forward. I think Detroit's uh, set for the long haul, and I think Stan Van Gundy's... uh, Really setting up something uh, special there. Yeah, I got to agree there. It should be interesting where they go in the next couple of years. But uh, look, the, pro- the future looks strong for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, we'll move on to more Raptors. There are a few trades there that, uh, a lot of trades that happened. Nothing really major. I would say the biggest 
I would say like the biggest faces being moved were Courtney Lee from Memphis. That was a shocker. To, uh, yep, to New Orleans. Um, or oh, sorry, the Hornets. That I wouldn't say it was a shocker after they lost uh, Kid Gilchrist. Mm-hmm. It, it was a, a need they had to fill for sure, especially since they're making a move for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So it's really tough. They really didn't give up a lot either, uh, except maybe P.J. Harris. Harrison, that was probably their uh, biggest asset given away. We're going to move on to the Raptors now and who they were apparently interested in during this whole uh, trade deadline debacle. Cage, did, were you disappointed with what the Raptors did? No, I'm okay with it. Uh, they, they should only make a move for big-time big players, and there are no big-time players available for the right price, so screw but, it. But did you think there was a need that they had to fill? For sure? Um, at power forward, but I'd only do it for like a star player like Horford. I, I don't think you need to get a PJ Tucker or a Markeith Morris. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I would agree. Markeith Morris, I would say, definitely a red flag. He got into so many scuffles with the Suns and how many chances they gave him. It, to me, it's ridiculous. He definitely has an attitude problem. I wouldn't bring him here or, or a foot close to the Raptors. Taj Gibson was thrown at him, apparently, for a P-pad in the first rounder. The Raptors have loved Taj Gibson in the past. They've loved him. They've tried to acquire him on many occasions. I can see why they passed on it. We need a stretch for especially in the offense we run in Toronto. Mm-hmm. P-Pat is more of a stretch for than Taj ever will be. He's more of a, just a defensive presence. So it would have been nice to have Taj, but for the price they're asking, definitely wouldn't give that away. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, uh... Taj would have been a nice asset, but I'm going to go back there for what you said about Markeith Morris. I thought that he would have been a great addition. Uh, I know a lot of people wouldn't have given up a first round and uh, Patterson for him, but I thought that would have been a nice deal. Like, I'm looking forward to the offseason now, what Toronto will be doing, because, you know, they, they've they got to first make it further than what they've done in the last couple of years in the playoffs. If they can show other teams and their own players that they have confidence going forward, we can maybe get... DeRozan signed in for a long time and that itself could result in maybe some assets coming towards us we got four first round draft picks like we've mentioned before in the next two years and I think we can use those you know during the draft day maybe get a big time name like Cage said and uh it should be interesting but uh you know I trust Yuri I think he's he's made um you know a good move here if he, he I trust him you know he's never made a bad trade so far in my opinion and uh you know you gotta ride with him all right, Dan, trust you, Jerry, all right? Unconditionally, <laughs> do what you do. Do what you do. Were you guys shocked with Washington swooping in last minute and taking Markeith Morris? That, to me, was probably one of the biggest shockers. It was a shocker. I didn't see any news about potential trades going for him, but it uh, looks like maybe it was like a late deal. Like, hey, you know what? We got to make a move. Let's do this. Yeah, and I did it. Especially for Washington there. I think it's all in or go home the pretty much yeah. point for them so great move they i think markeith he has an attitude problem but in the right system like i would say san antonio but why would pop no they wouldn't high? want that yeah they like those quiet players he's, he's got he's got a lot of talent now it's just about getting his head into it yeah i i, I don't have to disagree i think it's a bad move but for washington they have two former uh Suns players they have gortat and i forget the second one but uh they that shows that he knows there are some guys out there that knows that he can work with some players and he can uh, he can fit and gel into a Washington team. But I think giving up a first rounder for him is too much, especially for his known attitude problems. 
Yeah, attitude problems definitely. That's that's a huge red flag for a lot of teams and a first rounder for that. Dudley, sorry, it's Dudley and Cortez. Yeah, the yeah and Dudley's gonna be someone who I think steps in and mentors him. You know, tells him what he should be doing on and off the court, how he should handle himself. That's something he should, he should already know, but it doesn't help to have a, a veteran like Dudley there. So it's gonna be a good move for Washington, definitely. Um, some of the big notable teams: OKC, Houston, making moves. Did you like what OKC did with uh, bringing in Randy Foy? Cage, what do you think? Sure, Randy Foy can score. They need, uh, they need some bench scoring. Uh, I really hope him and Cantor can kind of gel and kind of have a solid second unit. So it doesn't hurt OKC. I don't think it's a, a big-time move or anything. I think it's just a, I don't want to say lateral, but just a, a slight increase in scoring. That's about it. Yeah, I gotta agree with you, Cage. Uh, you know, they only got rid of Augustine and Novak, a couple second-round picks. I don't think it really was a big-time move. Um, I think both teams understood it was just kind of like a, you know, get rid of Novak type of thing. And, and uh, August, I think Novak's been shopped around everywhere now for the last couple of years, right? Yeah. So, you know, I don't, uh, you know, I don't think it's a great move for either team, but it's just kind of like a, you know, a peace builder or something maybe for the summer. OKC definitely gets a veteran shooter. He's shooting 37% from three-point land. Uh, definitely will help that team along with Anthony Morrill. So they have a lot of shooters now with Kevin Durant and Westbrook. Yeah. And those guys can already make their own shots, get inside. So it's going to be a lot easier for Ford to hit those open threes. He hasn't been getting a lot of that in Denver. So big-time move for them, I thought. And you know what? We'll talk about one other move before we move on, and it's the Cavs dealing Virgil to Portland and in return getting Fry. It's a three-team deal, pretty much involving the Magic, mm -hmm. Trailblazers, and the Cavaliers. What do you guys think of it? Do you think it makes them better? Do you think the Raptors should be on the lookout now? What <laughs> well, do you think? Cleveland's just so stacked. Um, they, got, they didn't really give away much. Um, well, sorry, the Cavs gave away much, but uh, you know the Cavaliers, I see it benefiting them long run uh you know they got rid of uh you know a guy they don't really need anymore they got kevin love now they got tristan thompson those guys are pretty much running the show in the front court there and mozgov there you go right but you know i think it was a good idea to get rid of him he's too talented of a player to get the minutes he's getting right now and uh it was a good move but they bring in another center yeah but uh fry i don't i think he understands that his role is not going to be as important as it was in orlando he's kind of just a playoff guy where you know they're gonna make a run for it and i think they're very serious about the championship this year um well they'll deal with whatever problems they have in the off season but uh, this is their year to win it and if they don't win it then i think it's a lost cause i think this is a move kind of maybe even prepping for the golden state series so they can drag Draymond. uh so you can have someone guard Draymond green at the three-point line you know fry loves to shoot those three point uh three-pointers so he'll be hanging around there quite often Plus, he can uh, also stretch out the D of other teams. And I don't think Cleveland's ever had that in a center. Yeah, yeah I think uh, that's why Cleveland got him. If he can regain his game from his Phoenix days, I think the Cavaliers would love that. That yeah. gives them an extra boost, an extra shooter. And when you have LeBron and Kyrie Irving doing their thing, you want the shooters around them. You have JR now. You have Fry who can shoot the three. So there's no one on the court that can shoot the three. So they can get it. Yeah, they have a three-point threat, big lineup as well. Yeah, definitely so. a valuable asset. If if 
he regains his uh, shooting touch. He's really struggled in, in Orlando. He kind of lost his rotation role too there. Orlando made a lot of weird deals, but I guess getting rid of Fry was one of them they had to make. So, we're going to move on, just finish up the trade deadline. What deal didn't you guys like? Was there a deal you guys thought was unnecessary for certain teams? Yeah, actually, we didn't mention it, but I thought the Jeff Green and Lance Stevenson deal was pretty uh, pointless. I thought they were both similar players. Uh, both of them are somewhat struggling on their current teams right now. They've been moved around in the last couple of years, and, um, you know, I don't really see them making a big splash on any side um, on their new teams now. So, really, I thought that was just a, kind of like a pointless trade, in my opinion. I don't know about that. I actually like that deal for the Clippers standpoint. Yeah. To bring in another scorer, someone who can replace Blake Griffin until he comes back, mm -hmm. and then play the thir third uh, third spot too. So Jeff Green, I think, is a huge upgrade over Lance Stevenson. Yeah. Lance Stevenson's completely lost his game. I don't even know how he's going to fit into the Memphis lineup. Apparently, they want him there, so there was a lot of talk about him being waived or bought out. Yeah. So, uh, it'd be interesting to see how they use Jeff Green. Uh, you know, JJ Redick, uh, CP3, they kind of run the show in the in the backcourt, and uh, you know, up front, they still got quite a bit of talent off the bench in in uh, LA. I can't, you know, like Jeff Green, he's already played pretty bad as a bench player in Memphis. I don't really like his game there, and uh, you know, he kind of he's kind of been falling apart since he left Boston. Uh, you know, it should be interesting to see how many minutes he's going to be getting. I know right now Blake Griffin being gone, he's going to have an opportunity opportunity to showcase himself, but when he comes back. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how many minutes he's getting. Mm, well, yeah, that's true. Very true. All right, guys, that's a wrap for the Super Basketball Bros for today. We talked about, we gave pretty much an all-star recap, all-star week recap, sorry, as well as what happened during the whole trade deadline. Does it really affect the Raptors that much? We don't think so. The East didn't really make a lot of big moves, uh, other than maybe, I guess, Fry going to Cleveland. That might make them a little better. But I think moving forward, the Raptors should be fine uh, by standing pat. And I think they're, go they're gearing towards a big move during that draft day. They have a lot of assets, four first-rounders. You have some contracts that apparently a lot of teams want. Apparently, P-Pat is worth a first-rounder to almost every team. I don't know. It might depend on the pick they're giving away. But most teams would trade a first-rounder for P-Pat. So that's good news for the Raptors. They can dangle him during that draft day. So... Until next time, guys, make sure to tune in to Super Basketball Bros. We talk a little bit about the trade deadline in our YouTube video, so make sure to tune in to that on our YouTube page. We also have a Twitter page, Instagram page, so make sure to follow us on those two platforms as well as our RRS feeds for our podcast. So until next time, guys, you're tuning in to Super Basketball Bros.